Backstage at Cafe Lena, I've got Cassandra Kabinsky and Jim Mastriani here, the artist and the producer of the Saratoga Sessions. And we just heard the song Fierce. Okay, before we get too deep on the production, I want one of you guys, both of you guys to tell me about Fierce. Well, this is an example of a song that I wrote, and now I don't remember the process of writing it. So who knows what state I was in when I wrote this song. But I do recall that when I wrote it, I felt like it was thematically about coming out of your shell and, you know, allowing yourself to be the magnanimousness that you are, which I think in personal life and sometimes in culture, we're sort of taught to be small. Fierce was the antithesis to that. And I was really, I was feeling it at the time. And, you know, that's the, that's the tune that came out. Now, Jim, you helped in writing that, did you? Did. Tell me about what your, your part in that. So uh, she had a, uh, a demo of her playing at the piano and she had really just kind of the chorus and the verse, but we needed a transition section and like a bridge. So I wrote those parts and then uh, production-wise, I listened to it and said, well, this is fierce. I want to do something that has a real sort of 70s vibe. And I just heard like a disco funk tune and just wanted to have that chunky guitar chunking along. I wanted to basically channel my inner Nile Rodgers. <laughs> and what's fun about uh, bringing in, in tunes and then collaborating with people on them is sometimes that does happen where there's a section of a song where I had just these lyrics that I was sort of repeating over and over again, the, the I'm a queen, I'm a queen, have you seen yeah. section. And musically, it wasn't really going anywhere that unique. And so that's really where, you know, Jim came in and said, well, you know, what do you think about this? And it's definitely way better. And now it does what a bridge should do, which just takes you away from that main comfy home base area, takes you a little out here. And then when you get to come back in, now you come back to the chorus, it, it really does feel like, coming home. So, you know, structurally it's way better. It was a brief sojourn into chromaticism. Mm, and I love it. it. <laughs> and, and it is juicy. It is funky. I have to say. Cassandra, tell me about, about working with a producer. What are you looking for when you look for a producer? What, what is it that you're hoping to get? Well, first of all, all of the technical know-how that I have none of. So that's, you know, really... Honestly, the first thing. I love that question because what I've discovered about working with producers over the years is that sometimes I, I get to work with people who are really producing in the sense that they are approaching the music and bringing a different aesthetic to it. And then there are other producers I've worked with who just say, hey, what do you want to do? And I want to help you capture that. And the way I think of those types of folks now is more like engineers, whereas a producer is more somebody who comes on with, with thought out ideas and aesthetic choices and suggestions. But I have found the most fruitful collaborations to be with producers who still feel that their main job is to manifest the vision of the artist and enhance that. You know, how do we add what's necessary, take away what would make this better and not touch things that are fine, that don't need to be messed with. And Jim, let's talk about the production as you were doing this. How did you feel you could help Cassandra with this EP? Yeah, that's that's a great question, too. And that's one I've been thinking about. Um when I first listened to her material, at first I said, oh, geez, I don't know what I can add here. But then I got listening to a little bit more. And what I realized was that I wanted to give her a real edge. I thought the, the little bit of her music I'd heard before was very professional sounding to me. And I wanted to make it less professional sounding. <laughs> and <laughs> Just a little rougher, a little edgier, real band, real drums. And if there's some 
you know, recording, not glitches, but let's say just recording idiosyncrasies. I wanted that there. And so like we're using my piano. Is my piano perfectly in tune? No. Is it the best piano out there? Nope. But it's not a sample. And that was the important thing, you know, and all the organs on it are real organs. It's real drums. It's the drum set that lives in my studio. And again, is it the perfect drum set? No. Whereas when you listen to a lot of modern production, people are working with these really great recordings that they're adapting to the artist. And that's not what we do. At my at my place, you mentioned the band. There, there's a bit, there are musicians that you brought in for this, right? Let's let's talk about some of those folks. Sure. So on bass is Mike Castles, who's played in the Capitol District for 30 years, plays in a lot of Grateful Dead cover bands, and then Todd Hanhurst was playing drums, and Todd now plays in the New York Players. He's an excellent drummer and also a vocalist. The reason I thought of those two guys because I knew them because they started the funk band uh, Giacomo. They were in the original lineup of that. And thinking about Fierce and knowing that that was going to be a funk tune, I said, oh, I know the guys to be able to lay this down. Now, did you have them work on the whole EP on other songs? They did. Yep. They they played on the... So of the four songs, three have a band and they played on the three songs. How did you guys meet and how did you guys decide to start working together? Well, we, we both served on the board of directors of Cafe Lena. Cass is still a member and I was on the board for seven years. Yeah, so I was invited to join the amazing group of people who make up the Cafe Lena board uh, about a year and a half ago. So I I came on and, you know, right where we're sitting at the cafe. So when we were working together on the board, we actually hadn't made any music then. But you were you were stepping down kind of like not that long I was long transitioning after. out at that right, point. Yep. Right, right. It was really a matter of, you know, as I started to get to know who was on the board and, and what else they do and are into in the community. I had heard Carolyn Shapiro's record, EP, yep. her record that you'd made. And I just thought it sounded great, you know? And I, I mean, I, I had heard that Jim was a producer, but you know, you always want to hear what something that people have, have made. And I was really looking to expand my network of creatives in this area specifically. Once I had heard that and, you know, based on like what I knew from working with Jim, he was definitely my first call. So got together and hung out and said, we'll do one song. And uh, <laughs> yeah, let's, see, let's see what happens. <laughs> and that spiraled into the three with the band. And then by that point, we looked at each other and said, well, we you basically have an EP and, yeah. you know, let's add a ballad. And I felt really strongly about the Phoenix in general. So um, I love that we have added that one to the project. We're backstage at Cafe Lena, Cassandra Kabinsky, Jim Mastriani here. The Saratoga Sessions EP is out now. You have a show. Here at Cafe Lena. We do. It's very exciting because this band that we've been talking about is going to be performing for all of you live. It is Wednesday, September 27th. It's at 7 p.m. People can get tickets to come to the cafe. And when you're in the room with us, what's going to gonna happen is the whole first set is going to be the EP, the full EP, as well as a few other songs that were either inspired by this actual community. So, you know, actually coming out of the 518 community in my relationship with different people here or songs where I've brought the song into the community and we've ended up doing some activations. For instance, I have an autism awareness anthem called Not So Different and I did a lot of work with Wildwood School in Schenectady with that song. So that's the first set and then the second set will be more focused on kind of a a broader overview of different types of songs that I write and I'll, I'll kind of put my songwriter hat on versus like more of the artist hat in the first set. Well, thank you guys for coming and spending a few minutes here backstage at Cafe Lena. The song, This Is The Sound, that's what we're going to hear now? The sound started at Kripalu Center for Yoga and Health. 
And when I wrote it, I had in my mind this really driving beat. Like I thought it was, you know, a DJ EDM song. I mean, I'm at a yoga retreat. So, you know, we're getting all weird and we're dancing to drum music. And I'm like, yeah, the sound, like this is the sound that moves the world. So the statement in the song was this like big spiritual feeling thing for me. And I was amazed when Jim said he wanted to work on it because I was like, no, man, like that's a dance song. But then he said, well, I said I wanted to hear really big guitars and and uh, Tom drums reminiscent of like U2 and Coldplay. And, and I think we and I think we succeeded. And it's got a great bass line, too. Definitely. Well, that's yeah. it. Now it's like it was really it, it growls along in this yeah. really cool, visceral way. And, and I do think it's become much, it, it airs more on the side of rock, even though there is still that backbeat, you know, you can hear that kind of four EDM, on the floor backbeat yeah. um, in it. So yeah, excited for this record. 